You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin-cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the O2 Podcast, the Ohio Outdoors Podcast. Paul and I are tonight are live and in person here. We're in the uh, the Campbell Bunker, man. The Campbell Bunker, and it looks fabulous. Well, it's 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 coming it's coming along. It's been a slow process, but super busy. Just like God, just like you, man. Your season's here. My season's here. The gates of hell have opened. Oh, they have, man. I saw the first dandelion. Stop it. I sent you that the other day. Stop now. February 28th, whatever, 26th, first dandelion of the year. So. Fake news, Paul. You're fake news. Buckle up. I saw it at Dawes Arboretum. So um, I want to wish a happy anniversary to the Ohio Fish Commission, which is essentially now the, the Ohio Department of Wildlife, 1873 to 2023, 150 years of service to the hunters. Happy birthday. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what a run. So, so here's what's, here's what's interesting. A lot of people don't know that the game commissions across the country were started by hunters Hmm. because hunters and anglers realized that there was a need to control rampant market hunting. There's a, you know, rampant poaching, that there was, you know, hunters and, and, and sportsmen and anglers, they wanted to keep, you know, the game alive for, for generations uh, to come. So they knew that there need to be rules and regulations in place. So that's how we got the really the, the beginnings of the North American model of conservation. So Did you say 1873, 1873. I mean, you got to think about where that was, where our country was at that point coming off the civil war. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. I mean, that's, that's by mind boggling to think about. Yeah. Fish Commission was the the first one. So if you if you get the Wild Ohio magazine, if if so, like if you buy when you buy your license for turkey hunting or deer hunting or whenever you do it, dude, it's five bucks to get this thing. You get six a year. It is a great publication. I'll hold it up now. Um, there are some really really neat pictures in this thing, just from from the from the history of of the Ohio Department of Wildlife, Department of Fish and Game, and and. Uh, the division of conservation is what it used to be called, which is kind of a cool name. So um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll shout out to, to all of the folks, the men and women that work 
within those organizations and within those agencies. And, uh, and they, they put a lot of effort into making sure that we have game to chase, to catch, to kill, to hunt, to prepare, uh, and, and, and keep us safe and enforce the rules. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks to all those folks out there. So, and you brought it up coming from ODNR, you can get that when you buy your hunting license, which part of our news this week is that the 2023, 2024 hunting license are, for sale so you can go out there and renew your license now the question paul i don't have the answer in front of me do you know i think it's the month of march where they open up the turkey lotteries does that sound right i think it is i think it is march because they award them april 1st so i think that keep, last year when we won we thought we it was, thought april, it was april fool's, fool's day joke, yep you know? so so keep an eye out for those i i think it is it's definitely march it's it's going to happen uh, here, here very shortly. So. so this show will release on March 1st. So keep an eye out for that. If you guys are into uh, the Turkey lotteries and, and stuff, to do which... that to enter those, you've got to have your hunting license. Correct. So keep that, keep that in mind. So uh, I just bought my Florida hunting license, my Florida tag, Turkey hunting. Uh, dude, I'll be just curious. What's the process like for that? It was super easy. They have this thing. Uh, it's just, they, they call it the, the turkey hunter package. So it's everything that you need to hunt wild turkeys in the state of Florida. Because if you hunt a, I'm going to hunt a lot of public or private property there, but I am going to hunt some, I want to, I want to get the experience of like a true Florida property. I want to hunt some swamps, you know, the man, um, the man who wants to burn his car after he finds a tick. It was, no, I wanted to burn your house today after that demon insect that your wife pseudo pseudo scorpion that's a real thing but so dude it was it was just a you know it was for for the osceola being such a trophy in the turkey world i was surprised that it wasn't more i mean it was 300 bucks you know for for in and for the full year you know so it's pretty yeah it was pretty cool man so old parker mcdonald and i will be hunting turkeys march 15th man i am freaking ready for that so Get you a little yeah. southern southern twang down there. That's it, man. So uh, while we have your attention, thank you to our partners. Uh, go wild, time to go wild.com. Download the app on Apple and Android. We've said it a hundred times. Actually, how many times have we said it? God, man. It might be over a hundred times for those guys. Freaking love those guys. Great community, great network of people. I wrote an article for them. There's the near me feature on Go Wild. You've seen this. So if you're on the app, and a lot of you are on the app, you're emailing us, you're messaging us, you're doing all these things. We know you're there. Thank you. You click that near me, you can see posts from people that are within, like a, like close to your ge- geographical region. And so one of the things that's neat, like throughout the turkey season, the article that I wrote, it's on Go Wild. You can check it out now. It I talked about like kind of the the periods of the breeding season that that we have, and the periods of the turkey hunting season, and how we can use that go that near me feature to kind of understand where, you know, as, as the warm weather moves up, as the, you know, the sun starts to come up earlier and earlier, you know, we can see how turkeys are responding for other hunters in different parts of, of our geographical region. So pretty neat. Check that, check that article out. So yep. thank you to those guys for the support of our show. And right now they've got their UTV <clears throat> giveaway going, right? Yeah, they do. So, I think it's so, freaking sweet. Get on there, figure out, uh, they've got lots of, ads and different things about the utv how to get entered into that that would be a dynamite dynamite oh, yeah. win so yep yep and also thanks to midwestgunworks.com 
talked to our buddy Cameron Tinker today. You you put uh, you, Look, you got something we got, coming. We got some stuff coming. <clears throat> we got some stuff coming. So you 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 picked up something fun. So I'm not out chasing birds. Like yeah. that's that's your spring thing. Um, but I'm gonna head down to Oklahoma for a few days. Yeah. And uh, I decided to upgrade my rifle. We talked a little bit about what last week or something like that. But worked with Cameron, came up with one that's going to work, answered all my questions. It's sick. I, I can't believe I haven't gotten it out to even just blow a few rounds through it at this point. But I'm a little annoyed that you didn't bring it tonight so that I could see oh, it. I should have. Yeah, you should have. What a but, dick. Uh, you know, they had everything that I needed to get set up with that. Kind of using a little bit. Asked a few questions to our buddies over there in Missouri, Nate and Micah. But, um, Did you use our code? Ohio Outdoors Five to save. You 5%. had to bring that up, didn't you? <laughs> I because I, I know the answer. Because <laughs> you know I didn't. You forgot, forgot to put it in. I forgot to put our code in. But the code is Ohio Outdoors Five. Uh, save you five percent if you're smart enough to use the code. Uh, I didn't, so uh, my apologies or whatever. But pretty excited about that and totally an easy process. I was never. I wasn't really sure about ordering a firearm online, never done that. And you kind of helped me with that. We went, I went and used uh, Josh over there at tactical mm-hmm. outdoors and tactical outdoors, Newark, Ohio, Josh, yep, Snodgrass, shout, shout great, out. great gun shop here. Shout in Ohio. Yep. But the, um, it was super easy, man. You just go on there, you order it, you pick your FFL, they send it in. Yeah. It was, uh, pay for the transfer. There's always a transfer free. Yep. It's pretty nominal. Yep. So don't take your kids with you. Cause then they tell your wife, Oh, good point. Yeah. So thank God she didn't listen to the show. So thank you to our friends at half rack, half dash rack. You can find them on the gram. You can find them on go wild. Tons of really neat products. Um, dude, I'm locked on that boon sling. I freaking love that. They got a couple other gunslings. That's, that's, that's honestly like I, I've, I've had 50 gunslings my entire life. That's one of the better ones that I've had. Yeah. And for the price, I mean, it's an awesome leather sling. Got the little, little half rack logo on it that's just embossed in it it's pretty cool man i like how it adjusts real nice real happy with that so, so and you're in a we're in a weird spot here where there's not a whole lot of hunting going on yet and so this is a great time to go look at your gear what needs to be upgraded what can what can you use and check out half rack because their stuff is is legit and the people there are second to none yeah um, yeah they got important. they got they got some good stuff and and our buddies at first light uh out there in idaho man they just released a new product it's all brown. It's Terra. They got a couple, a couple different options on there. I think it's it's a little. It's they're speaking to the turkey hunter, man. That's what you were all you excited know? about. It. Yeah, Cho- it's like a chocolate color. Not it's my, the not same my brown that's on your in it your is, Spectre. Yeah, but I don't know. That's it's, definitely it's definitely right up your alley. Spectre doesn't match McKenna. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love the color brown. All right, yeah. enough of that. Yeah, first light L-I-T-E dot com. Check them out. Some good stuff. Uh get you geared up for turkey season. Um man, I can't I can't speak enough to the quality and and what like when I when I bought the stuff that I've got last from last year, I love it. I really do. And the turkey season you, you put it you put it through uh through its paces. So uh and and one more shameless plug turkeyseason.com that is a new project that I've got going on that sucker goes live March 4th check it out turkeyseason.com you get check out the uh the Instagram the turkey season on Instagram and your how to hunt turkey podcast yeah how to hunt turkey podcast dude that thing Rolling I can't up. man I can't believe 
and it's the season, right? I mean, it's dude, a ton of people are listening to it. I love it. I've got a lot of really good guests and I know that there's going to be a point where nobody listens to it because it's not Turkey season, you know? So I get it. It's, it's been a lot of fun. The guests have been great. Uh, really, really just happy with, with the reaction and with the questions. I've met a ton of new people. So if you haven't listened to it yet uh, and you want to listen to it, how to hunt turkeys podcast, you can just search it on on whatever platform you listen to. It's on all of them. I feel weird because I listen, I I talk to you enough. I'm like, do I really need to listen to Paul talking anymore? Yeah. But the content is really good. Dude, the guests are amazing. I got, I got, I got an episode going live tomorrow. I got team Wingbone. It's a group of guys from Louisiana. Uh, talking about family tradition, the first turkey that one of them killed, uh, the the patriarch of the family, he's he's he passed in 2013. He killed his first turkey in 1933. Been turkey hunting. Someone in his family has been turkey hunting since 1933. That's and 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 all of those like life experiences, all those hunting experiences, have gotten passed down to to multiple generations at this point, and it is phenomenal. I'm telling you what, man, they're putting out some really good content on YouTube. Unbelievable interview. One so, of the best that I've done. I'm gonna. Well, we've take, done a lot. I'm gonna take your 1933 comment. Yeah. Okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna. I'm stealing this from. As you know, we've had a couple of funerals in the family here over the last couple weeks. Yeah. But the, uh, you know, 1933 killed his first turkey. That means they saw World War II. Yeah. Korea, Vietnam, JFK, Martin Luther King. Talk about the transition. All, all just the, the evolution stuff of that's life. happened. Yeah, and the Cleveland Browns is still not won the Super oh, Bowl. God, man. damn it! It's disgusting. <laughs> what a at all that I time. Hate the I hate the you see the Haslam spot, uh, the the Bucks, Milwaukee Bucks today. Jimmy and D. You know how much it costs? Three point five billion with a B. Bucks, three billion bucks. Oh, that's pretty good. Another dad joke coming at you. So is that is that logo for the Milwaukee? Is that a stag? That's not a bug, is it? Well, I mean, maybe you know what they do? They need to. Bug. They need know. to. They need to pay our buddy Dustin Huff to use an, a, a video of of old Moose, moose Southern Indiana there. Moose. Get him out there. That's so. Great. So what do we got, man? What What else? What, what news we got? We got some cool stuff to talk about today. All right. So besides renewing your hunting licenses and stuff, well, hunting licenses and stuff, such a couple other little things. Uh, tax donations. Your tax donations help protect Ohio's wildlife and nature, state nature preserves. I'm having trouble with that talking thing again, Paul. That's great. Um, um, it's, so, all the, it's all the Bud Light seltzers you've had. Tonight. Great. Um, <laughs> so take that in consideration when you are donating there. It looks like the 2024 Wetlands Habitat stamp <clears throat> will feature the American Widgeon. So that's, uh, that's some nice, happy news. Now, one thing I want to talk a little bit about just a little bit, because I, I don't want to speak out of turn. Um, ODNR did come out with an update regarding the East Palestine train derailment and how it's going to impact the wildlife. We're going to cover this a little bit more in depth once we get more information. And yeah, there was a media summit the other day that I missed that I had some friends that went to, we're going to try to get. Yeah. We, it's obviously a huge situation. And actually we had friends from Louisville asking questions because they're down river. I had people, I had people in Nashville. Yeah. I mean, that have never been to eat or even heard of it. And they're like, what's going on in Ohio? I'm like, it's crazy, man. 
Yeah. So um, if you are in that region, you know, uh, and you listen to this, you know, our hearts out it goes out to you guys. It really, Re- it really does. Reach out to us. I, I yeah. wouldn't mind talking to somebody on the ground up there. Um, that's not where we're at. Uh, and, and I don't get up that way very often, but you know, I want to hear what's going on. Uh, we, we, the ODNR did have a, basically a press conference there last week, Paul said, and we'll get, we'll get some of the details and, and be able to give those out to you uh, soon. We're going to try to see maybe if we can find somebody from ODNR to come on and talk. Uh, at this point, I think that's kind of, you know, they're leaving to these press release releases. Yeah. But the impact of wildlife, I, I want to say it was like 38,000 fish were estimated to have died already. Or was that confirmed? It might have been confirmed. Estimated. Estimated. Okay. And, I mean, you know, if it's, if it's 38,000, it's probably more. Uh, so, I mean, you talk about a human tragedy an environmental tragedy, um, you know, this is, it's, it's tough to hear, man. And, uh, you know, I wish the, I wish the people in that, in that town well, and, and man, whatever, whatever recovery, you know, you, you, you can get to, I hope you get to it quick. Yeah, so. absolutely. So, um, outside of that, that's the news I got this week. Uh, have you been out in the woods at all? Done anything? No, no, I didn't. I, I went to the, um, the maple syrup tour at Dawes Arboretum yesterday. That was pretty cool. Took family out there. My buddy Justin brought his family and saw how they make uh, maple syrup. What are you laughing at? Something funny just popped up on your screen. Yes. What was it? I'll show you in a second. No, you tell everyone that's listening to the show. He's not going to do it. He's not going to do it. Chicken. Chicken shit. I just, I got a text from our guest tonight. uh, I'll show it to you. So we've got a we got a really fun show uh, for you guys. Uh, we got the, the two oh, THP man. interns, uh, Nick great. Andrews and Keith Richards. Yeah, um, sorry, Keith. No, Nick Andrews, Keith Robinson. Robinson. I just uh, stared at it. For I an know, hour. screwing this up. Hold on, edit this out. It's we look like phone. assholes. Sorry, edit that out. Two star comment there. <laughs> Please forgive me. Yeah, great guys, man. We we get the get get kind of Keith Robinson. So get their get their experience from from being THP interns, how they got there, some of the behind the scenes uh, stuff that that a lot of us have questions about. It was really cool, man. And and you know they they talk very highly of of the THP crew and just how down to earth they are. And 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 I think one of the things that THP has been successful at is that their personalities are genuine. There's no, there's no bull crap. They are, they are what they are. And just to know? back, just to back up, because I, I hear people talk about internet personalities and stuff all the time. And I'm not always hundred percent on it. The hunting public, right. Mm-hmm. Is THP. Oh, so sorry, yep. years ago, a couple guys got together and started doing this, this hunting stuff out on public land. They've gotten to the point where they're huge. Okay. Check out their, their YouTube channel. They've put videos out all the time. I mean, it's amazing how much content they put out, uh, but it's mostly, I would say there was like one this year. I, I know they got permission on some private land because they were having a real tough, tough go at it. But like it's, it's pr- uh, public land hunting. It's across the Midwest, mostly different species, all that kind of stuff. And these, they, they hire these interns on to, to help follow them along and, and film things and, the, the interns get to hunt as well. They'll talk about that, but it's really an interesting experience. And it's almost like a, a frat house type of feel, right? It's, it's very, they're not driving around at, you know, hundred thousand dollar trucks and they, you know, aren't 
it's not guided hunts. It's these guys are on the ground doing what they can. Yeah. And, and some of the stories that they have are incredible and they are, man. some of them are frightening to be honest with you, but it's, uh, it's good stuff. So it is great interview. So thanks to, thanks to Nick and Keith for their time tonight. And, uh, good luck to those two guys in the future. What a show, man. You guys, you're going to enjoy this one. So, uh, find us on the internet, the O2 podcast.com. Find us on Instagram. The dot O2 dot podcast. Thank you. I had go one wild of those, one those Bud Light seltzers was coming up. Uh, yeah. Go wild. The O2 podcast, uh, man. What a show. Yep. A lot of fun. Appreciate you guys. Feel free. Leave us a review. If you can, if you know what I heard Josh say this the other day, uh, Rayleigh up there in Wisconsin. If you don't like what we're doing, that's cool. Tell us how to fix it. Like give us some, some advice on, on what you think, uh, you want to hear better guests, whatever it comes up to be, you know, and we'll, we'll do our best to, to keep it relevant in Ohio and bring you some good content. So good stuff. Thanks for listening you. guys. Yeah, we really appreciate you. Yep. I just sent him a text and said, he's got the link if he wants to hop in. So, um, so THP intern, what, what the hell made you want to be a THP intern? I mean, I, it's so a, it I, seems like a lot of work. I mean, when yeah, I watch it, it is, it's a, I guess, different story from, for like me and Nick, cause I had been doing stuff with them for a while. And like you said, I had known Zach, um, since, I mean, since I was born, our parents were friends through high school and through through college and stuff like that so we they knew each other i knew had known zach my whole life we had been filming and hunting and stuff since i was in my early teens i kind of started picking up doing that stuff with my oldest brother ben and zach mostly and uh once they broke off and started doing their own thing i was filming with zach a couple times a year at least and then i would do some turkey like a good couple weeks of turkey hunting with him every year since 2018. And then uh, I graduated and I was like, oh, it's the perfect time frame to like, if I don't do it now, I know I'm not going to do it after this point. So I just sent an application and talked to the guys and they agreed to have me on for the fall, which was, which was nice. And it's a, yeah, it's like you said, it's a lot of huge time commitment and it's a lot to think about for, uh, you know, it's a six month time of your life to put into that, but it was, I think it's a lot. I think it's very worth it to anyone who would be considering it just apply. Yeah. And that, that's a pretty cool story because I mean, you, you told us you're, you're from Knox County and then Zach is what Auglaise County or something. So mm-hmm. they're not like right next to each other. Mm-hmm. In fact, to put that all together and totally different terrain types. I, I spend quite a bit of time in both areas for work and stuff. And, uh, they both have their ups and downs, I, mm-hmm. I suppose, but, uh, yeah, it's just oh, yeah. different Western Ohio versus kind of that central Eastern Ohio. Feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've fallen in love with, uh, just being down here in Athens, just as soon as the first time I came down here to the Southeastern Ohio, it was just like, I don't really, like you said, I don't feel like I really want to leave Athens anytime super soon. There's a lot of a lot of land to run around and just it's a good place for someone who likes oh, the heck outdoors. Yeah. Heck yeah. So we're having a little bit technical difficulties here with Paul's no camera. I don't know what's going on, but yeah, we're a mess. So 
how does this whole all start? You put the application process in. Uh, obviously, you you knew Zach. Did you know the other guys going into it? Or I knew I knew them through Zach. So I had been out there. I filmed. I would always go out for the second gun season in Iowa and film Zach from uh, started. Or I guess the first year was 2017. Was the first year THB was making videos, and I went out there then. So I met Jake and Greg and Warb at that point. And then, uh, I guess that was before Ted. And then the year after, I would have met Ted doing the same thing. So I had known them from from passing. And then I hunted with them in 2021, spring of 21, and did kind of like a half internship thing where I just filmed them and edited some stuff and had them sign me off for school internship hours. Um, so that was just another way, just building experience and meeting everybody, but... Did any of your professors give you grief? Like, wait, you're doing what for your internship? <laughs> they didn't even ask any questions. I felt pretty oddly removed from the classroom in general, just because, like, there's not many people out there that are really, like, going into the outdoor media industry, I guess. So it's not like anybody really had any similar interest, I would even say, like, within classes or school or anything. So that was just, like, a totally different part of my life. It felt like we're back. Man, what a what a what a mess. Okay, we're not. Yeah, we're not going to edit any of this out. This is uh, <laughs> this is like missing. Though. This is like shooting and missing the turkey. So, <laughs> yeah, what what a. All right, so what are we talking about? Where do I need to dive in? What are we? I literally, I, I was under my desk, plugging my stuff <laughs> back in. I kicked it with my foot, unplugged everything. So, the internship process and how we got involved with it. So. Back in 2017, 2018, started filming all the hunts, all that kind of okay. stuff. So when you guys get out there, I mean, what we see it as a consumer, and it's like, all right, the interns are here for this year. What is it actually like, man? I mean, it, it looks like it's pretty rough, and it's like, all right, well, it seems like we're going to send some of you guys that way and some of you guys that way, and it's going to be like three degrees over there and maybe 100 degrees over there. But, I mean, how does it all much- work? you pretty much just show up with like whatever you got like camera wise and everything. And they're just like pack light. Cause we'll like, hopefully just have the things that you need for, like you said, like, you know, have your right clothes for the right temperatures, but you never know where you're going to be type of thing. But it's pretty loose. Um, and it's like a very much a, you get out of it, what you put into it experience. So there's a lot on the table. I would say like going into the fall, there's just like a lot of opportunities you can get yourself into um, just because it's so loose. And it's just like, yeah, I'm going to, you have the option to be like, yeah, I'd actually rather go over here and film, you know, whoever over here. Cause I want to have this experience or I want to try to do this with this person. Like you can just kind of, you have the freedom to toss those ideas out and just have that little bit of creative freedom of expression. Does it, get, does it ever get contentious? Like, I don't really want to go to North Dakota or. I wouldn't say so. Play a lot of rock, much. paper, scissors. Like, mostly it's, I mean, it mostly works out pretty well. Just like one person will spend a week and a half or whatever with someone else. And they're like, all right, I've been with this person for a while. Let's just mix it up. Or, but then inevitably you're changing plans anyways to go somewhere else. So it usually flows pretty well, I would say. And everybody's mostly in agreement of just the plans and everything in general, but it stays loose. And there's usually just planning of just days ahead of time for the entire group, which is 
stressful, but also pretty fun. I like it that way. Did, um, <clears throat> when you guys are sitting down at the beginning of the year, is there a calendar? I mean, I feel like there has to be some sort of planning and like, all right, we're going to aim to be, you know, in Wyoming this week and, you know, Iowa this week, whatever. I mean, mm. is it pretty broken down? It mostly, it works out pretty well with, especially with when you start getting other states where you have to have your tags ahead of time and everything and people, you know, the people in the group figure out what tags you have, start putting things together of, okay, I have, Ted's got Kansas tag this year. So that's in the books. He wants to hunt at these windows of time and you start just taking all the tags you have and making a plan out of that. And then filling in extra time with other tags or just, you know, giving yourself some padding of time to make sure you can create enough content out of a certain trip or, and then you get the surprise trips where you shoot something in a couple of days and all of a sudden it opens up some other doors and you can get another tag somewhere potentially or just have more time to edit but it's a loose it's a very living fluid schedule so how many i mean how, how like planned out is your hunting i mean is it is it all based on tags i mean like do you guys react quick like if you you know ted wax one in, in kansas you're like okay are we going to missouri i mean is it I think is it dictated we, like that loosely or is it pretty regimented we usually have like kind of a backup plan or like you always have your like best case scenario where it's like, like when me and Zach were in Minnesota this year and we almost shot one in three days and we're like, man, if we shoot one in three days, we can drive down to Missouri and then like we can get over to Oklahoma if we shoot one there in a couple of days and then you're in Minnesota for two weeks because you don't get one. So it's like, you always have the best case scenario of like places you could be and like how the plans could work out. But in the end, you got to have a good hunt before you can really <laughs> pull gotta, the plug. Got to, got to grind it out. So how, how many hunts did you do? So now were you the intern for just the deer tour or are you going to do Turkey tour? How's, how's that work? I was, it was just, they just do the internships for the fall. And then, I mean, we're going to hunt with them in the future inevitably, I would say, but the internship is just set from whatever it is, July to, December, I think is like what it says on paper. The last, the last like hunt that I did would have been uh, Ohio muzz season. So early January. Okay. Who'd you do but that with? Was that with Zach? That was with Zach and all of our, my brothers and my dad was there. And we have a, we have a big group of guys that we've been doing that with for four years now. Just guys from different States that Jake's buddies and some buddies from New York just have a big camp of guys that come down and run around in the hills for yeah. a big final hurrah for the season. So, so take us behind the scenes. Uh, who's driving state to state? Do you guys, do you guys split that or, or does, is someone like just a terrible driver and you're like, sit in the back seat? Don't, don't touch the wheel. Is there <laughs> any of those? Just, just got to split them up. We did how uh, me and Ted were together for like five weeks straight right, for late August and through a lot of September we would just be driving around, split it. One person would do the eight-hour drive to get to the new state, and then we'd switch drivers when, you know, Ted, we someone would be editing, and then he'd take a break. Someone else would drive. Someone would have stiff legs and feel like they need to drive, but there's a lot of car time, and it's just you got to trade it off or else someone's going to put the car in the ditch. <laughs> scare scare <laughs> everyone. So, so who's like who's like the worst – 
companion to travel with of all of the teams. Oh, and you and went I, there. And I wasn't going to go. And there. I, well, I don't mean like one that you, but there's, there's people that you're just like, dude, why, why you get like, stop it. Like we're almost there. It's six more hours. Like, is there know. any of those? Who you're just like, Oh my God, you're driving me nuts. It seems like uh, it's always a pretty good time on the road. It's like, you almost got to have a good time with everyone. I mean, everyone does have a good time with everyone, but it's like, you almost have to, cause you're spending that much time in the car. So it's like, yeah. if you got a problem, you got to just bring it up to somebody. Cause it's going to yeah. be a long, long time of just sitting there. And, it, soaking it and in. I don't mean anything like nefarious or just, or mean spirited. I mean, just one of those right. guys that you're like, you're driving me nuts, Andrew, whatever, whatever, <laughs> you know, there's gotta be, I'm sure there's something. But it gets, I think, I think any time you spend a couple of weeks with somebody, you start getting a couple of little things where it's just like, you get frustrated with somebody, but that's just that's just being around anybody. I, this is the way I see it. Yeah, for sure. So we don't see a lot like you guys. You, know, these, you guys kill kill deer. We don't see what happens after, you know, after the after the kill. Mm-hmm. You know, like so. So who's who's doing the dragon? Is that shared responsibility? I mean, so some yeah, of those hunts, been... you guys are deep in there. Oh yeah, we've been uh, most of the hunts I've been a part of where it's legal we just quarter anything out in the field like almost no matter how far out it is my brother shot one in uh some public here in ohio a couple years ago and it was like 500 yards from the road i guess i shot one a couple years ago it was 300 yards from the road and we quartered it out because it was just like i don't want to drag this thing uphill no matter how far it is so we just quartered usually just quarter them, throw them in a bag. And by the time you're back at camp, you can throw them on ice and crawl in the tent. Cause it's usually yeah. if it's a evening shot, it's usually a late, late night getting those things out and filming all your shots. And yeah. Meat on ice. That was like the yeah. the term this year. Right? It the was, slogan. that was weird. We were talking about that at one point we were trying to figure out like where that even started. And I think it was when we were hunting pronghorn and we were just so fired up when Zach got that pronghorn. And it was all hot and we got, we had fresh ice in the coolers and we're just like, we finally got meat on ice. <laughs> just that real, that one really stuck. So what was your favorite hunt of the year? Whether it was the state conditions, animal species, whatever. I think I've had some people ask me that and it's tough. Um, I would, I would potentially say the Minnesota hunt just because of how different the, uh, how different the habitat was up there is like it's like northwestern ohio type stuff where you're hunting just like big ag country big flat ag country but it was like north woods ag countries so there's these all the thick dogwood thickets and aspen and that was the one that was really balmy and warm right yeah it was pretty warm up there and it was yeah. like the hunting wasn't great but we got in some like really close calls for like how subpar the conditions were and uh just you know just because of how different the hunting the habitat style was and it was just like a different experience in that and the fact that we ended up being there for like two weeks so we were able to break apart so many different like pieces and just learn so much about the specific habitat type of that i feel like i learned a bunch about that specific area and it was just fun and the fact that we really got to dive in and break it down for far too long. Is is Minnesota over the counter? Uh, I think so. Yeah. I, it, it might be one of those ones where you got to buy it before a certain time. So it's like over the counter, but 
Uh, you might have to have it in the spring. I'm not totally sure on that, but gotcha. Now, Zach has a very, and I think in Ted too, the very unique hunting style for for whitetails, all on the ground, spotting and stock and moving in. Was that a style of hunting that that you had done prior to that, or did, was that something that was new when you were following those guys with the camera? Most of my, most all like all of my hunting, I would say, is just like from I guess like where I'm going with that is like as a kid, most of my experiences and like what I, how I learned to do stuff was through Ben and Zach. Um, other than hunting with my dad and stuff at home, but as far as hunting public land and like learning really, like really, really learning how to do stuff was through Ben and Zach. And like back in the day, we were just doing the same old, like hunting the tree stand on the food plot, hunting rut pinches and just like your classic straightforward whitetail hunting stuff. And then I think when Zach got, when he started getting way more of the experience and went out to Iowa and saw that like, man, there's a different way of approaching this. He started doing it more. And then he brought it back to us back in those early years. And we were trying it out. I, the first year I really tried it out in like 2019, it was just like such an eye opening experience to me, like just ground hunting in general, just how much you can learn and put yourself in the game super quickly. I mean, you, you are inevitably going to mess a lot of things up, but messing things up, you learn a lot more from than just going in and not seeing anything and questioning everything. So I think, I think it's something that I just kind of started doing slowly in the past, like four or five years and just picked up from, from seeing Zach start to do it. I, I would say. It seems so challenging. I can't, I can't, I'm so comfortable in the tree. I can't get myself to get down mm-hmm. and start walking. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, feel, I feel like I make way too much noise and I would just never see anything. I can't, mm-hmm. I can't still hunt with a rifle. I guess. Yeah. So. It's just, yeah. I mean, I, my thing is I'm always, I feel like I'm always just bumping deer. Like when I'm trying to sit still for, and all of a sudden you're three hours in it's like, you still gotta be as, as still as you were in those first two minutes or else these last three hours don't, didn't matter at all. And that's when I start to cave and move around too much and lose focus. And I got to just like put myself in the game more. But a lot of, a lot of the still hunting just ends up being like you're moving until you get to the spot where you want to set up. And it's a lot more like ground setup stuff rather than just like moving the entire time. That's something we did a lot of in like on that Minnesota hunt where we were on the ground. Well, we were on the ground the whole time. We actually climbed a saddle like, twice just to glass some big swamps but we were hunting on the ground the whole time and like we would just move into spots and slowly stage hunt into areas and then just do these really long setups still on the ground and still be in setups for four or five hours into the evening but it would just be like using the ability to walk through these areas when it's super hot or whatever just cover ground using the ability to just cover ground just to find the best spots since we had that a short relatively short window to be there so when you're when you guys are out hunting they'll just use that minnesota hunt for for example you know how how much like filming are you doing during the when you're just sitting there i mean is that called b-roll is that like the non-action yeah just like cutaways b-roll and even just like at camp stuff i i find myself we're always like trying to get as much as possible, but there's also just a fine line of like, you don't want to just have like terabytes of footage of just like useless stuff that 
you're not going to use for anything. But at the same time, you can always use footage that you've got from something for something in the future. So it's like, we always find ourselves wanting to be like, man, we got to film more. We got to film more like in the car and at camp and everything. But the more, the more the trip goes on and you keep getting those same shots and, and then you get more and more tired. I find myself just like only filming the, the shots of just like, okay, the hunt started, get your shots you need for establishing, like we're walking into the woods and then I don't film enough of like at camp life, but that's become one of my more favorite things to film. is just like natural dialogue and just like people just hanging out and just being at camp and stuff like that. Do you, do you ever get those moments where, where the camera's not running and, and something funny happens or, you know, and you're or just, just like, like, yeah, I just, oh, man, I just <laughs> golden, like golden dialogue moments where you're just yeah. like, man, that would have been the perfect thing to just cut under it. Yeah. I've definitely had yeah. those where it's like, who's good uh, at delivering those. Who's good at delivering those funny camp moments. Oh, who's I the mean, clown, man. Who's the class clown. I feel like you can point a camera at Zach and I mean, he's a weird <laughs> enough guy that it doesn't matter if the camera's pointing at him or not. He's going to be, weird in some way so you can just yeah. point a camera at him and get your funny shot and he, doesn't, he doesn't sit still much does he not really not till it's bedtime yeah. and then it's <laughs> out even, even when we had him on the show he was just kind of like moving the whole time like grooving like there's something <laughs> he's like do you guys on. care if i eat noodles why we do this <laughs> oh, God, man. good dude well i mean just uh it's, you know you, obviously i don't know zach i've met zach once and aaron and those guys just didn't you know, briefly but you feel like you know him you know mm-hmm. Yeah, when, when you watch that, so it's it's you, you come to enjoy personalities like like uh-huh. Zach and and Ted cracks me up, man. Ted just <laughs> he just makes me laugh. I don't know why. He's so. an easy easy guy to hang out with. I found like I was saying earlier, I hung out with him for we were in a car together for five weeks straight or something like that, and like never got frustrated with each other. Well, I'll speak for myself. I don't know if Ted was frustrated with me, but <laughs> like we were always just. I feel like on we turned into a Jerry, Jerry Springer episode. Well, Ted, why don't you come on out, Ted? <laughs> he just comes out and flips the chair immediately. <laughs> Keith. But it's it's just like that was at least an experience where it's like we were Yeah, it was easy going the whole time. We were on the same page and hunting really well together. And we, we had a lot of jokes where we're like, just put me and Ted together and we'll we'll get something done, probably. Been yeah. on a good streak. So. Now, did you do anything like super dumb, like you know, you weren't recording during like an imperative moment during a hunt or I, was there any mistakes where they're just like, I had yeah. one, uh, I had one that I told someone recently. Uh, it was, I mean, the biggest, one of the stupider mistakes of my life. Fortunately, it didn't cost a cost me like any super important footage, but it was in Missouri and I was hunting with Aiden or Hayden and, uh, his camera did this weird thing where it, auto it'll just like slot select to a different card on its own and i didn't know that and we were capturing footage and i had already captured a whole card and i thought it was everything we had and i went back and was formatting and then it, i went back to look at the cards and i was like oh we're missing a whole chunk of like you know half a days of footage and like come to find out i just formatted half a days of footage that like uh-huh. fortunately there was no like deer footage but it was like all this like cool scouting footage and it was like man that was my lesson I needed to just like, uh, we were tired and we were driving home that night. And it was like, I wasn't thinking enough. And I just deleted footage for no reason. That was my biggest, uh, biggest mistake that I'll own up to. Cause it taught me the lesson to double check your cards every time <laughs> formatting yeah. stuff. Yeah. So the editing process, I think we, 
people watch the shows and they're like, man, that looks like so much fun. Yeah, there's a grind involved, but I think the behind the scenes editing that you guys do, I'm guessing is uh, a boatload. Is that the case? I mean, it's not just mm-hmm. all fun and games the whole time. There's a lot of sitting and cutting. Yeah, and it's and- pretty much like in the fall when when the videos are going like at full consistency. It's like, if, you know, if the person isn't hunting at that time, they're probably editing for a long time and then they're editing before they have to get back to do another trip to go hunting again. So they have like three days to edit, you know, a couple videos or whatever and send them to someone else so they can finish them and post them. It's a lot of just like, you know, it's hectic, but that's the way it has to be when you're pushing out semi live videos or trying to flip stuff by the week. Essentially it's it's a a lot of computer time for sure. The funniest thing, like you see Jake, he, he seems to do a lot of editing during the Turkey tour and they'll just, they'll just roll into him, you know, after like a full day's hunt and he's like in a hammock and his hair's like sticking straight up and he's got a laptop and his eyes are just wide open. It's just, yep. He feels so bad when you see him like in that state. Yep. It's just like, he's got to get it done. They just drop him off at a McDonald's or something sometimes too. Yep. That's um, it. We have these, they, I have these little lap desk things that I got my computer on right now. And those things make a huge difference for editing on the road. Yeah. Do they just, did, did, did any of the guys ever just drop you off at a McDonald's for what, you know, with Wi-Fi and just like, See you in a couple uh, hours. Have fun, Keith. We had fortunately we had some pretty good like I guess editing spots. I'm trying to think of like in camp. I I would say things were planned well enough this year that we didn't really have any times where and it's different for the for the deer tour and turkey tour, where in like turkey tour it's weather's nicer and you can just like hang out at camp and edit and it doesn't matter if you're there for a week and doing it. But the deer tour a lot of times it's like, man, it's gonna be cold. I'm not gonna just like hunker down in my little tent and just try to edit here it's like we might have to we might have to just hunt for five days and then go get a hotel or drive back to home base in iowa and edit for a few days and then go do another trip so we had a lot of a lot of times where we were able to just kind of have downtime to kick back and edit somewhere at like a home base but and we also spent a lot i spent a lot of time in iowa in early october so that was just where their little cabins out there. So that was an easy yeah. space to just be able to get back and just have a cabin that you're, you can capture footage and edit there and everything. The cabin does look pretty sweet. The videos mm-hmm. that I've seen. So that's a, that's a big moment for the team. It looks like a clubhouse. Like a clubhouse. If you're a, a kid, right. you know, three, mm-hmm. so I've seen a couple of times, especially on the Turkey tours where, you know, you guys will have run-ins with other hunters on public land and, you know, I mean, once your star is so bright, like you can't get away from. So, did you did you have any run-ins with people where they're like, "Oh my God, Ted, Zach, Keith, Keith"? It's yeah, like, don't... like almost almost anywhere, really. It's it does get not weird, but it's like you do have to kind of just hide yourself at a certain point, just for the sake of like where you're hunting too. Like we don't we don't want to blow up public land places for no reason. Like I don't think that there is any reason for people to come and hunt a place just because there's a video made on it, but that does happen a lot. So it's like, just for the sake of trying to protect identity of where we're hunting and stuff. A lot of times Zach will just like have to put his hair up and he's just like, I gotta get in the truck. I don't want to, he's like, I want to talk to everybody, but like, I don't want the whole world to know exactly right. where we're at all the time. They're like, Hey Zach, send me an Onyx pen, you know, yeah. <laughs> just like, yeah. we were tweeting it out everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the, Zach's uh, another or Zach's thing is like he he loved he does just love talking to everybody. So it's like as soon as somebody does catch his attention and they're like, Oh, it's Zach and then all of a sudden it's like it's probably gonna be at least a twenty minute conversation. So then he knows that he's just gonna lose time and he can't control himself. So a lot of times he's just like, We gotta just keep hunting. I gotta we gotta just get in the car, put my hair up and just keep going. <laughs> yeah. Zach's talking, gonna go take a nap in the car. <laughs> I right. mean, that's, that's, that's gotta be exhausting. I mean, you're just trying to have fun and, and, you know, and essentially you're working too, but at the same time, like you don't want to be rude to people that mm-hmm. have helped get you there. Yeah, exactly. It's be, like, you don't, know, yeah. Yeah. You don't want to brush it off, but it's just like, yeah. Yeah. It gets to the point where you just, you don't want to, I guess that's the biggest thing for me. The way I look at it is like, you don't want a lot of word to spread to be like, Oh, this is where they were at making this video. And they ended up shooting that buck. And then the next year there's 150 people in that same oh public God. land area. Have they yeah. been pretty good at pretty successful at that? Like at, uh, just in general at just hiding places or, I mean, do they go back to the same place the next year and like oh. figure out there's a bunch of people in there? Or? They, there's been a few places where that's happened yeah. for sure. Yeah. Like, I guess I won't say specifically, but there's been places where they've, gone back and there's been like noticeably more people or they've even talked to people that are like yeah we saw video here and it's like it sucks but it i mean it's probably gonna happen somebody's gonna end up doing it at some point so yeah it's one of those things like i look at it i'm like oh it's like woods and hills like Mm -hmm. that's southeast ohio maybe i I Mm -hmm. don't know but like i guess if you hunted that same spot all the time there's certain things that you would notice you'd be like Mm -hmm. i know that area but man it seems like it'd be a lot to actually like go through the work of figuring out yeah it's like you might as well just go actually get on a map and figure out a good spot yeah spend spend so much time find your own spots there's a lot of good spots out there i I can promise that so one one of the questions i always have when i watched over the years you guys get to hunt a little bit right I mean, it's not, you're not just shooting with the camera the whole time. How does that get determined? And, um, I mean, how, yeah. How how did they come up with that? I, this year, I guess in a lot of the past years, it's worked pretty well with them. Like they're based in Iowa, kind of, I guess, loosely based out of Iowa with having that place there. Um, and it's easy for the interns to just get a OTC Missouri tag and, hop over the state line a few hours away and be able to hunt an over-the-counter state that's like a good whitetail state and they've done that in the past years where they let the let it's weird they don't even like saying that they're like we don't want to make it be like man we're letting you hunt like they want to give us an opportunity to hunt for sure but um they yeah they usually just kind of open that door they're like you guys can get a missouri tag we'll do a this year it worked out well where we had um we had time from having a successful hunt in Wyoming and we finished the Kansas hunt and uh, they were like, yeah, we got a window of time here a week. You guys just want to get tags and we'll just go film a couple of videos in Missouri. Cause for them, it didn't make a difference of, you know, being an X state compared to being a Missouri filming some hunts there. So it worked out. It works out pretty well like that. They don't really, they typically don't mind who, who gets the tag for the most part, I would say just as long as they're, they got, someone filming and making some content out of it now remind me did you get were you successful and i shot a doe in missouri yeah Mm -hmm. okay so is that different then is it is it kind of cool when you're like okay now i'm hunting and who i don't know who is with you but they're the one that's filming me Mm -hmm. this is cool yeah that was i actually shot i've been my entire life i was trying to think of this the other day i'm pretty sure like 
I would say 98% of the hunts that I've been on, I've been with someone who was filming me or I was filming somebody hunting. So like almost my entire life I've been filming the hunts that I've been on. So a lot of times it started with me and my brother and the first buck I shot was on, uh, we were filming with, uh, or Zach got us into like sending footage in for Midwest Whitetail, the East show. And the first buck I shot, my brother was filming me for that. So it was like, I've had some, at least a decent amount of those experiences. I just have like somebody over the shoulder filming me and just be living that moment. But it's cool to be able to have both of those experiences of like being the person behind the camera and then being the hunter makes you able to put the storyline together as the cameraman a little more when you come back to it. That's awesome. All right. So worst hunt of the year. We covered your favorite was up in, in Minnesota. Like, and I, maybe not even hunt. Like I'm talking, were you on the, was it the Missouri one where they had the, the massive argument like happening? Yeah, they, I was, I was hunting alone, like a couple miles down the road and Ted and Nick were hunting together. And I feel like that would have been terrible. That would have, that's probably would have be Nick's answer of like the worst one. Cause that was just like such a weird experience to be in that freaked us out. But, Mine, I don't know, worst, but, like, the Kansas hunt that I, I was really looking forward to the Kansas hunt, and it was a lot of fun still, but it was, like, it was so hot, and, like, the conditions were just, like, not going in our favor, and it was, like, we ended up seeing bucks, and we had, like, some close calls, but it was just, like, it didn't quite pan out the way we wanted to, even, like, content-wise, because we would see bucks, but it would be, like, four minutes after shooting light. So we couldn't even film them. So it's just like, man, we really, we're not even walking away from this trip with like nearly anything. And that was one that was kind of just like a letdown of like, man, that was fun, but it wasn't quite like what we wanted it to be. But fortunately Ted was able to go back and capitalize pretty, pretty well on that. Did you guys have, were you a part of any of the, was it the cart issues? Didn't <laughs> one of the cart or was that all Nick? Is he the one that has all the bad luck? Cause that's, he, it sounds like I would be, I would be Nick. We had some, yeah, I guess that whole trip, the whole Kansas trip where Ted was having car issues, that was all Ted and Nick, but Ted's car the entire fall was like falling <laughs> apart in front of our eyes. So it was, it wouldn't even like, he'd get in the car and turn the key and it wouldn't even start. And he'd have to get out and like shake the battery <laughs> to get the thing to turn on and like all this weird stuff going on with the car. So it was, the His car sucked for years. I mean, Ted, it's time to get a new one. He did just get a new one, which I saw. Oh, good for him. Which I'm happy for him. Really happy. For what, him. what did, what did he get? Let's, I'm, I'm it's curious like a, it's like a forerunner type of vehicle. Okay. Which is there you go. What I had talked to him about at one point, I was like, that, that would be my ideal outdoor vehicle. I think. But he I think he's got himself in and a, carry all gear. I mean, it's a he's got himself off. a better rig. It's, I mean, he had, what was it like a Dodge Neon or something? He, he had a he had there. a Honda Pilot, which those things are those okay. things will rip. Those it had like three hundred and oh man, over three hundred thousand miles on it for sure. I would say, and uh, if not like two eighty, but those things will get some miles put on them. It was still it was still moving down the road, but not super well. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Because they, they had the Smurf. Was that last year? Gosh, yeah. The Morb had that stupid Smurf thing with the shims in the window. <laughs> yeah, that was that thing was probably multiple years overdue of getting rid of. 
Uh, I feel like that's just part of the shtick. It's all part. Of, it's all part of <laughs> they, the show. Man. They just drive around. And they're like, uh, look at look at yeah. this look at this 1994 Toyota Celica. <laughs> We're gonna put deer in the yeah. back of that. Hold you know? my deer. It's yeah, the new THB a... Elkmobile. <laughs> Jake Jake had a oh man, what was the thing? Impala. That's what it was. It was a big old Impala that we put Zach's Iowa buck in the trunk of when he shot that thing. We fit the whole thing in the back of Jake's uh, Impala, but. Yeah, it's, I, now that I'm thinking about it, Zach had the uh, Dodge Caliber that had the sway bar broken on it that was just rattling the whole time. You'd be driving just like doo, 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 the whole time, hitting bumps and just turn the radio up, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was a pretty that was a beater as well. Yeah, that's that's funny. <laughs> so, so Keith, what's what's kind of next for for you? Uh, I mean, you're done with the THP internship, right? Hmm. What's what's kind of the, what's what's on your uh, on the horizon for you, man? So I'm doing. I've been working for myself. Um, I work with, I guess, like for myself. I've been doing private contracting stuff with a buddy who has a habitat management business, and my brother just started doing his kind of a, started a solo career of doing forestry and wildlife consulting and management and burn management stuff like that. So I've been getting way more into the world of like habitat management which is like a super super fulfilling thing to me it's like something i very much enjoy as much as hunting um was that nick that just texted okay man i'm ready to i'm ready to hop in nick just said there he is he said i just logged in oh man here we go (laughs) now the party can start sorry i interrupted keith you were in the middle of saying what you got going on so uh Please great great show, guys. <laughs> it's been a pleasure to meet you. <laughs> Take care. Yeah. Uh, oh, what was I saying? Yeah, I'm working for my buddy Larry. Native Landscapes is his company, and he does habitat management and then hunting and filming videos as much as I can still. You so. want to come uh, film some really average Joe hunters that you've been with the best? You want the rest now? You can come, come follow us around the woods? I've filmed, I've filmed quite a few average Joe hunters, I would say. Pretty much everyone I film. Really good at killing does. Oh yeah, we, had, we both had a pretty good, pretty good deer season. I will, I will say, I killed, I shot four deer in eighteen minutes on a on a controlled hunt up north. Uh, so it was insane, man. You got a it was, before we can sign up for that. But yeah. Oh my gosh, yeah, it was it was nuts, man. He, I took him with me. We were it was a wildlife refuge, and the guys listening to the show are like, oh god, here, here we go, we go again. The story again. But it was a lot of fun. It was it was a damn good time. So. <laughs> I tell you what, that would have been a hell of a hunt to to film because, and I will just give you the quick rundown. I'm sitting like 400 yards from him and two minutes, three minutes into shooting light, bang. And I'm like, I texted him. I'm like, did you just shoot a deer? He's like, yeah, I'm going to buy another tag. I'm like, hell yeah, dude. Well, he came with one tag. I didn't know what to expect. Yep. Three minutes, three minutes later, boom. I'm like, <laughs> was that you again? And mind you, I'm sitting in this tree and I'm seeing nothing, right? Because they're all, somebody wouldn't let them pass. They just was like, boom, boom, boom. So. 15 minutes into the hunt, I'm texting my wife and I'm like, yeah, Paul's already shot two. Uh, make that three because boom, another one. And then I don't know. What was it? Another 40 minutes, yeah, 45 minutes I, into the hunt. A fourth one. Boom. I'm like, all right, I'm getting down. This I is felt, stupid. Nick, I felt real confident. So I took a swipe at a fifth one for the day from like 200 yards away and didn't hey. neck, but you know, live and you learn, got right? it, let it rip. <laughs> that's mean, it, man. Why not? That's, that's it. So Nick Andrews joining the joining the program. Uh, Nick, thanks for thanks for stopping in, man. I'm um, so sorry for being. No, don't 
Don't don't worry. And uh, he texted me. He said, hey, you can jump on this podcast. And I was in the middle of filming another cooking video for the (laughs) YouTube shorts and Instagram and everything. And it's it was a little more intricate of a cooking video than I've been doing, and I was like, I can't step away. I mean, I, look, yeah. I have to see this through. Yeah. What, like, gonna, what were you making? Yeah. What were you making? I'm okay, curious now. So it's just deer backstrap, venison backstrap, um, a third of a backstrap cut in half, trimmed down, so you got all the silver skin off. So it's yeah, depending on the piece of the backstrap and where you're at on it, it should be anywhere from like half inch to three quarter inch thick in my opinion maybe thicker um but what you do is you soak it in pineapple juice for 30 minutes and keith this is different than what i've done before because i took them into little medallions but now i don't do that anymore i just do two steaks that are about the size of a filet and you soak them in pineapple juice for 30 minutes breaks down all the gaminess the toughness that you get out of venison when you grill it because everybody has had that piece of backstrap that's been grilled it's tougher and boot leather and don't taste that good do this you rinse it you dry it and then you season it and you put it on a grill as hot as you can get that thing hotter than fish grease and you do three four minutes aside and then you yank it when it's good medium rare and that i'm telling you is better than any beef filet you've ever had but i've added another little thing keith <laughs> so what i've started doing now is i'm making jalapeno butter so i need a full stick of butter three fresh jalapenos and i slice them up and then i get minced garlic and then just my favorite steak seasoning and then you mix put some of that steak seasoning in a little full pouch that you make or just a full pan cover it put it all in there together Put it on the grill as soon as you light the fire and just let that go till your steak is done. When you pull your steak, that jalapeno and everything's going to be melted down. Jalapeno is going to be tender. takes all the heat out, but you just get jalapeno flavor. And you take that and drizzle it over the top. And I'm telling you, you cannot hold it this high above your head because your tongue will beat your brains out trying to get to it. <laughs> it is – I just got done eating it. I mean, I just – First time I've done it this way for my dad. And we're sitting in the kitchen eating. And I was, mind you, I'm shoveling in my face because I'm like, I got to get back into this podcast. And me and my dad are just going back and forth. He's like, dude, this is the best stuff I have ever had. And I said, I'm telling you, it is. It, I mean, it's like or you can't beat it. Keith, is he telling the truth? Is he pretty good cook? Oh, yeah. And I didn't even have the jalapeno butter that sounds delicious I'm gonna, so i'm gonna show you shortly it's fantastic i got a picture I, on my phone i wish i could show it and it would look good but it won't yeah uh, but there will be a video of this put up on the hunting public instagram page and youtube everything on friday so if you want to see what it looks like it'll be there friday and i'm gonna i'm gonna for the i am for sure gonna make jalapeno butter i like the idea with with the pineapple juice the enzymes breaking that yes. you know breaking that flesh down that's that muscle down that's that's good stuff that's a good that's a good trick i'm ready to i'm ready to grill some backstrap right now at what 11 o'clock and i don't know what time it is nine o'clock you want to stick around for a little bit sure i got nothing else to do <laughs> yeah freezer full of it for the first time so no that's so so nick keith was too kind to tell us who was uh 
the most frustrating THP personality to deal with on the road. Um, he punted. So, Nick, tell I'm, I'm just kidding, man. I don't want you to. <laughs> where did you punt from, Keith? Ooh. Pretty far back. Uh, like 20? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's just, you know, that – that Ted, he kind of sucks. <laughs> the most like harmless one of the whole show. What's wrong with you, Nick? <laughs> no, I'm That's America's sweetheart, man. You can't it's, insult uh, him. People might think we're lying when we say this. It's like there isn't a, a single person in the group that either one of us disagreed with or didn't get along with ever. I mean, and Keith, I mean, I probably spent the least – I spent a ton of time with Keith, but probably spent the least amount of time with Keith. And I don't think we ever got at odds about anything. I mean, that's just kind of what makes the whole circus yeah. go around so well is they're really good at vetting people on who they want to come do this with them on do you get along, do you fit in. And once they figure that out, then you just get there and you hang out and you're just there for six months and hang you know, out. You know what's great? Is that is basically exactly what Keith said. So I, I just yeah. no, it's, it's, that's that's it's, cool. it's it totally really is. makes sense for this. I mean, we had no idea. Hey, yeah, <laughs> buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so, I, th- I feel like that's like the most important part of like their decision when they do that is like you can, like obviously, me and Nick are pretty good at doing what we're doing, but there's obviously like professional people that are doing like crazy stuff that like potentially would have applied, but it's like you can be you can be great. At, doing stuff but like you also got to like get along and work out with everybody because like if one thing doesn't work out then it's just like it's gonna throw the whole train off and like we were talking about before nick was on here it's like things move super fast and like you gotta just things gotta be moving smoothly and like everyone's gotta be in agreement on quick decisions because it's like it's a it's a fluid machine now was there was there a job nick that and we didn't ask Keith this, so Keith chime in too. But was there just a task that you had to do in your day to day that you're just like, oh god, man, like I don't want to do this. This sucks, but I have to, and I'm just going to put my head down and grind it out. Is there anything like super tedious on the back end, like the stuff that you know doesn't make it to YouTube? Not really, other than just like being the first person to look at a project. Like when you when you're the first person to open a project and you got all the footage in there, and you got to just like, all right, I got six hours of footage to look at from one day and I got to cut this down Yeah, for the I mean, first I, time and send it to somebody else. I agree. That's, that's gotta be the most tedious thing. And when, and, and this always happens to me when I, before I've even opened it I, in my brain, I'm going, damn, this is going to take forever. And then once you get going, it's just kind of like, boom, 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 boom. You kind of blow through it and then you go, all right, well, that didn't that wasn't as bad as I thought. You send it off and it goes to somebody else. They mess with it. Kind of like we did the uh Keith, we did the the THP shoot off video. Because mm-hmm. that was the first video that I ever put my hands on in, in mm-hmm. uh the editing room of it, you know. And but no, I agree completely. That that's gotta be the only thing. Nothing else about the about the whole internship or process yeah. did I ever wake up and be like, I definitely don't want to go do that. Yeah, yeah. That, what a what what a great what a great experience, man. That, I mean that that is really neat. Nick, what what was your least favorite hunt that you were on this year? And when I say least, I'm not talking about who you're with or this yeah. or whatever, but like just tough grinding it out. Missouri, Long, really? Missouri. Oh, 
And it's not even because of the meth head shootout. Oh, not really? Because of that. It was just tough. I mean, Keith killed a doe, but even other than that, that it was, was, yeah. it was hot. Um, we, we weren't on a ton of sign. We weren't on a ton of deer. Um, it was just tough. And, and hell, we were only there for like six days, but six days felt like 12. I yeah. spent 12 days with Ted in Kansas the first time I was there, and that felt way, you know, better than six days in Missouri did. <laughs> I mean, it was just – Missouri was tough. I enjoyed it, every bit of it. I mean, other than that evening. That, that but it, I, if I had to pick one, that's what I would pick for sure. So we talked a little bit about your the argument there. How – crazy was that i mean I, I i'm sitting there watching it in my bed and i'm like this is making me uncomfortable <laughs> I, even I, with all your warnings i have no it's tough to put into words because when it started happening you know me and ted looked at each other and it was just immediate like even without using words where you looked at each other and we were both like this is not good <laughs> something bad's happening and then i don't think this ever made the video but i'm not like scared of heights i I respect them but i'm not scared of them i mean i've rappelled off of 50 foot towers and and done some dumb stuff like that and we were 15 20 foot up my tree and the entire hunt my hands were just wet like soaked with sweat and i mean i reached over to ted and i made him feel my hand i said ted feel this said my hands are ice cold and they're wet I was that's like, how you, that's how, how you're close with somebody is when you ask them to feel yeah, your like, it's, you know, yeah. and, and I was like, I've never, and he felt it. He's like, dude, that's weird. I said, I don't know. My hands have never done this. I said, I think, and this, we were sitting on some super hot sign. I was like, I think something cool is going to happen this evening. I think we're about to be in something like big. I don't know. I just, something's telling me something's going to happen. And it wasn't 30 minutes later. We hear pop, 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 pop. And then the whole thing kicks off. And then after that, you know, I told him, and I was like, I don't, was the universe telling me that something wild was about to happen? I don't know. Maybe I was constipated and had crap. I, I don't know. <laughs> but that, that, was a, that thing was wild. That was, I remember seeing uh, that same night I went and hunted by myself. I went on on this like spot where we had seen some huge sign and, uh, just like knew there had to be a pretty big buck, like real close by mid September, you're seeing like fresh rubs and day of rubs. And I'm like, heck yeah, all excited about hunting this spot. And I get in there, end up seeing that buck as I'm walking out that evening, like 80 yards from the car. And I'm like, man, I might have one more morning and like I can attack this thing. And I drive back to camp and I pull in and I beat Ted and Nick there. And I'm like, man, like it's pretty late. And I figured they'd get here first. And I just remember seeing like, Nick's face, really both of their faces, just like they just pull up and look at me and they're just like, something bad, something bad, man. And I was just like, what are you talking about? And they just tell me and like immediately I'm just like, let's just pack up. Let's just get out of here. I don't want anything to do with that. Like we're just on middle of the woods. Like there's that could happen, could come right to us. Who knows? We did. We grabbed our stuff in like five minutes. Camp was broke down, thrown in trucks, and we bowled out of there as fast as we could and got to the nearest hotel did they ever come up with 
<clears throat> figuring out anything that happened there? I can't remember what was in the in the back end of that. Um, video. I uh, I had several conversations with authorities um, after that, like even like a month after that, and they had gone in. There's two homeowners there because there's two houses there in the middle of nowhere. Both homeowners told the authorities that no one was home when any of on that day, when any of that stuff would have went down, nobody was home. So I know that's a lie because I heard them all. Even before <laughs> it all went down, I could hear people laughing, riding four wheelers around, talking. I know people were there. So it's, I think it's just some of that backwoods. Uh, just let it, let it slide. The hills of Missouri. That's what I've learned. Yeah, just kind of shows you what uh, there's some lawless stuff going on. Yeah. Still, now was that was that kind of like the? I mean, that was a crazy scenario, but was that kind of the highlight of of your internship, or was there something else that you know you'll oh, always remember? No, uh, Ted's Kansas kill and Zach's Minnesota kill. Those are two things that I will never forget. Those, and it happened in a span of like five or six days for me. I was in Kansas, went this one, and then went straight to Minnesota and witnessed the other. And that even – that takes out Zach's release freezing up on this giant eight point that walks five yards from me. I mean, so I had six days there. It was some of the most incredible deer hunting I had ever experienced. Hands That's awesome. Down, not even close. Yeah. And so that right there was the highlight for me. Which one was the stupid, stupid cult? Was that North Dakota? Minnesota. Was that, was that Minnesota. Minnesota? Minnesota. It was so, like two below zero when he killed that deer. Keith, you were up there earlier with him, and it was warm. Mm-hmm. And okay. it should have been cold, and it was, yeah, it was like six, 50s and 60s, yeah. Uh, that's Which crazy. is kind of nice for me, but not the hunting. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like hunting the Midwest, but. Yeah. Now, now, Nick, were you, you after, so you had two, two bucks, two big bucks that you were a part of six days apart. Where the other guys like, all right, Nick, you're you're coming with us. You're coming. You're coming with me. Like, good luck. Good luck, Charm. Here, trying to remember. It's actually because Keith was actually the hot guy for uh, October. October. Yeah. Because Keith was a part of like four kills in yeah, a span of Iowa was yeah. ten or twelve days. I mean, you were a part of every single muzzleloader kill and Ted's bow kill. So Ted's muzz. Jake's muzz, you were spotting at first. You were there. Uh, and then you filmed Ted's bow kill. Uh, what else? There was something else there. Was but that the one where the deer walked in within like six yards and he shot it with the bow yeah. on, the, <laughs> yeah. on the ground? That was insane. And then I guess like it would have just been three or four days after that, Zach hit that one on the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, Keith had the hot hand there for a while. And as October was progressing, I keep getting updates because I'm off hunting with somebody. It's like, Keith filmed this, Keith filmed that. And I was like, I'll be damned. Am I going to film anything at all? And then November hit, and then it was just like, boom, boom. Your turn. I was there. I mean, it was my turn to film somebody kill something. And it was just, that's just how luck of the draw went. Because all of November, where were you, Keith? You were. Um, oh, I did. Uh, I went with Hayden. And we had yeah, you were with Hayden in Missouri when we were a couple in of good days. Yeah, yeah. Now, Nick, what was your your were you were you on the bow or on on the 
on the shotgun at all this year? Did you get to hunt? Oh yeah. I, uh, when we were in Missouri, when the meth shootout happened, I was holding a tag. Um, so I held a tag there and then Arkansas, I had a tag and then flipped, got to duck hunt and got me and Ted got on a good duck hunt while we were there. Um, and then shot a giant in Indiana. I killed a huge deer in Indiana. Do not forget about that. (laughs) I'm in, I'm in my dad's man cave right now. And the giant from Indiana is in the shop. And if it wasn't, I would grab it and I'd put it right here. I mean, just a dandy spike, honestly, (laughs) and just a beautiful spike. Uh, so wait, I, I, wait, 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 I gotta go back. I don't, I don't think I've seen this one. Is it actually a spike or is it a big deer? It's a spike, but it's a big spike. <laughs> it's a nah, big spike. It's just, it's he's good. got six or seven inch spikes. I mean, okay. nothing, nothing crazy. Just a good year and a half old deer that needed killing. I <laughs> mean, he <laughs> needed <to> killing. <laughs> and uh, so I did that, and then I uh, I filmed, or my dad actually filmed uh, a hunt of us together in texas at our deer lease so i had ample time you know to be having a tag in my hand during an internship yeah now are you going to do any any more work with thp either of you or are you guys going to do any turkey stuff this year oh yeah we'll be present yeah okay we will that's be my that's my favorite favorite thb stuff Paul, turkey paul's the turkey guy he I'm might a, have been like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna deer this in one morning but <laughs> yeah. he's the turkey guy yeah, i'm not gonna tire about people make fun of me because all i talk about is turkeys so it's an, it's an issue Nick, when you came out have you hunted the midwest before because you're from texas right yes i'd never hunt deer hunted any other state but texas before this internship tell me about that was that uh eye-opening did you enjoy it is it something you want to go do again like because it's oh, yeah. probably a little bit different oh completely different well i come from a background of hunting the same piece of private land my entire life i never deer hunted public um never never deer hunted outside of texas and so everything was different i mean there every trip i went on was you know, pen and pad out mentally, just being a sponge, absorbing everything from whoever I'm hunting with, because it was all something I'd never done off the ground with a bow, with a muzzle loader, um, deer drives. I never even, you know, you don't do that down here. Being a part of a deer drive. Uh, I mean, all of it. The first morning I had my tag in Missouri, me and Ted got out of the truck. I grabbed my bow out of my back seat. And in my head, I was all confident. And I was like, deer hunting. I mean, I got this. And then we stepped out of the truck. And I kind of looked around. I looked at him. I was like, what do I do? Now what? <laughs> what times the feeder go off? Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> and then so we just, and then I was just learning. So I was, every day was something new for me. Because every situation was something I'd never been in before. That's awesome. Yeah, and I loved it. Every second of it. And I'm going to do it again this fall. I'm a, yeah, I, I loved it. Yeah. What an experience. Oh. What a year. Yeah. What, 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 six months. I mean, you guys remember that forever, man. So congratulations on, on that. Nick, what's, what's next for you on the, on the career horizon? Um, very similar to what Keith is doing. I mean, almost identical except for he's more on a, uh, uh, 
Keith, I don't even want to mess it up, but I'm going to say more of a, a land managed, uh, like a woodsmanship type guy. I mean, what do you do? He's a forester. Well, uh, management. Yeah. yeah. He's more on that side of things. I don't know where I'm opposite of that. I just know he does that. If he wants me to come help out and film it, I will. Um, but I'm on the learning end of that that world. Uh, but the future for me is from Tuesday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow until after the first week of June, it's nothing but turkey hunting for me. That's is it. that with THP? Go ahead, Paul. You can talk about turkeys. Oh, man. My first turkey of the year is March 14th. So, <laughs> I mean. A lot of it. I will. I mean, yeah. I do have a tag for uh, the first two days in Mississippi. So. Oh, there you go. Okay. Mine kicks off March 15th. That'll be a good one. So, uh, yeah. yeah I you should it. also make Nick's jalapeno butter and sell that. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The, a buddy of mine that taught it to me would be mighty pissed if I started <laughs> doing that. But, I, I mean, I think he learned it from somebody, too. So, Bush Morgan, if you ever see this, you know, just kick rocks, buddy. Just call yeah. it Nick's Buddy's Jalapeno. <laughs> Nick, and Bush. Nick and Bush's Jalapeno Butter. Bush. <laughs> Good Nick, deal. Nick's Bush's Jalapeno Butter. Oh, there you go. That's trademarked, right? <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. No. <laughs> so, so, Nick, where, where can people find you on social media? Uh, my handle on Instagram is Nick MK Andrews. Um, and that's pretty much it. I do have a YouTube channel and it's got one video that I posted like six years ago. I'm not active there. Fair I'm more of an Instagram guy and I get on Twitter to watch what the Longhorns are doing. And, and, uh, that's about it. There you go. Keith, what about you, man? Uh, I have my personal Instagram is Keith Rob 14. Um, and then I have Ohio wild, which is my, what I function under as my business. And then that's my, also an Instagram and that's my YouTube that I post some stuff, not active enough on that, but got some cool stuff on there. Yeah. Very good. Gentlemen, thank you so much for your time tonight. Really appreciated this talk. We've enjoyed uh, all the content all year. So you did a great job. Yeah, it, was, it. Uh, it was fun to watch. So. Yeah. Just good luck to you, to both of you, man. And, and whatever you know, your, your career paths take you. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Right, appreciate it. Good talking guys. guys.